In today's episode, we are kicking off Sexual Violence Awareness Month with our first avocation. Peace and light, family. This is Elegant Granny, your host and creator of the Proactive Eye podcast. Last week, we completed the two-part recovery series discussing what life was like for victims and survivors of abuse in part one. In part two, things they were able to do to start their healing journey to a healthier lifestyle. Being in toxic relationships are no joy and very hard to cope with. Sometimes recovery is viewed from the same perspective because you have to deal with all your emotions to truly be healed. This week, we are kicking off our first Proactive Eye Sexual Assault Awareness Advocation event in the form of this podcast to raise awareness of sexual violence and to be supportive of our victims and survivors. This event is a participant with the National Sexual Violence Resource Center throughout the month of April. You may find them at linktree forward slash NSVRC. That is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash N-S-V-R-C. I am a sexual assault response volunteer. This means I have completed 32 hours of training in crisis intervention ER accompaniment, and how to assist survivors in regaining their sense of power and control by allowing them the opportunity to make decisions while in the ER. Volunteers are also trained in handling the 24-hour hotline available to survivors of sexual assault and their loved ones. Now we're going to begin here with a little bit of history of how the sexual violence movement and the history of rape crisis centers began. We'll start with the sexual violence movement. Sexual assault is a traumatic and life-altering experience. Although those of us who have never suffered through the pain of being a victim of sexual assault may never understand what it truly means to be a survivor. We come together with our healing friends to take a stand against this brutal and devastating crime. While standing together, we speak out to educate others and extend a helping hand to the survivors who are still in the healing process. For many survivors, sexual assault crisis centers and the advocates they come in contact with through these agencies have provided a foundation of strength on which they can stand. Sexual assault crisis centers provide numerous services for survivors, family and friends of survivors, and the general public. Each program is unique, all striving toward healing those assaulted and preventing future assaults. For the history of rape crisis and centers, sexism and sexual assault are deeply rooted in our society's history. In the earliest days of our existence, slaves were brutally raped and beaten by their owners. Once the Civil War was over, sexual assault and violence were used to threaten and intimidate African-American citizens preventing them from exercising their newfound freedom. Sexual assault continued to be utilized to terrorize minority groups by hate groups such as the KKK. In 1866, a riot broke out in Memphis. A mob of white men attacked a community of African-American freedmen 
killing several, injuring hundreds, and raping five women. The women victimized during Memphis race riot of 1866 appeared before Congress to testify about their experience. This courageous effort to give voice to the violence experienced by African Americans over the years was perhaps the first time women had ever stood before the country to speak out against this type of violence. Unfortunately, sexual assault and violence did not end there. These crimes continued to dominate the nation's history. Violence was prevalent during the civil rights movement in the 1960s and 1970s. In the last three decades, women have worked to give voice to the violence occurring in their home and on their streets. With the crimes of domestic violence and sexual assault gaining national recognition, organizations were formed to help victims of these crimes and ramrod the movement that was moving full force. In the 1960s, rape crisis centers and domestic violence shelters were created. Rape crisis programs work to provide needed services for survivors of sexual assault and the general public, such as emotional support, 24-hour crisis intervention, and public education. Staff at rape crisis centers, now referred to as sexual assault programs, in an attempt to include all victims of sexual assault, advocate on the behalf of survivors to improve the handling of sexual assault cases by law enforcement and the judicial process. The efforts of those dedicated women to end sexual violence have led to decreased rates of sexual violence in our society. According to a survey put out by the U.S. Department of Justice, rapes and sexual assaults have dropped by 64% since 1993. Likewise, rape and attempted rape have dropped by an estimated 75%, while sexual assault has dropped by 37.5%. Although these numbers are encouraging, there is still work to be done. Now we're going to move into some stats. We're going to start with the number of people victimized each year. Inmates, 80,600 were sexually assaulted or raped. Children, 60,000 were victims of substantiated or indicated sexual abuse. The general public, 433,648 Americans, 12 and older, were sexually assaulted or raped. Military, 18,900 experienced unwanted sexual contact. Every 73 seconds, another American is sexually assaulted. One out of every six American women has been the victim of an attempted or completed rape in her lifetime. About 3% of American men, or one in 33, have experienced an attempted or completed rape in their lifetime. From 2009 to 2013, Child Protective Services Agency substantiated or found strong evidence to indicate that 63,000 children a year were victims of sexual abuse. A majority of child victims are 12 to 17 years of age. Of victims under the age of 18, 34% of victims of sexual assault and rape are under age 12 and 66% of victims of sexual assault and rape are aged 12 to 17. Now here was a breakdown of locations where sexual assault occurs. 
55% at or near the victim's home, 15% in an open public place, 12% at or near a relative's home, 10% in an enclosed but public area such as a parking lot or garage, 8% on school property. Now, what were the survivor doing when the crime occurred? 48% were sleeping or performing another activity at home. 29% were traveling to and from work or school or traveling to shop or run errands. 12% were working. 7% were attending school. 5% were doing an unknown or other activity. There is a national network of community-based rape crisis centers with centers available in every state and territory. These centers exist across the United States to provide supportive services to victims of sexual assault. While the specific services available vary by location, services are confidential and may include advocacy, accompaniment during medical exams and law enforcement interviews, education, follow-up services, and referrals to other resources. Every state and territory also has an organization designated to coordinate the activities of rape crisis efforts and represent that state or territory as its coalition. National Sexual Violence Resource Center maintains a directory of state and territory coalitions, as well as a directory of victim survivor support organizations that provide services to survivors. Please contact your state or territories coalition to find local resources. The Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, which is also called RAIN, organizes the National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline. The hotline is a referral service that can put you in contact with your local rape crisis center. You can call the hotline at 1-800-656-4673 or access, access RAIN's online chat service. I will put, make sure to put all links in the show notes. Knowing your rights and options are very important. Victims of crime have rights that depend on the laws of the location where the crime occurred. Some of the laws that might apply to you if a person has committed the crime of sexual assault against you include availability of a forensics exam at no cost to you, confidential access to victim advocates, time limits or statute of limitations on reporting a sexual assault to the police, mandated reporting of the assault if you are a vulnerable person, confidential communication with service providers, testing or storage of evidence kits, possible financial compensation for you as a crime victim. It is also a good idea to contact a rape crisis center in the area where you were assaulted since they should be familiar with the laws that apply in their area. RAIN, or the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, maintains an excellent database of state laws that can help you to understand what rights you have. You are a great asset in this world, and it is very important after a life of abuse and sexual violence to see a physician and a mental health specialist to help you excel as you recover. Let us know in the voice message on the Anchor app or by email at proactiveeye@gmail.com at gmail.com whether you are a victim, a survivor, or supporter and share your story with us.
This concludes the kickoff of our first annual sexual violence awareness advocation. Links to all sexual violence resource centers will be provided for you in the show notes. It has been a pleasure sharing with you today. All links to connect with us and free resources are in the show notes. Feel free to download episodes and take advantage of the free resources provided. You can visit our blog at bit.ly forward slash PE podcast blog. That's bit.ly forward slash PE podcast blog. You can also connect with us on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is at Proactive Eye. And on Facebook, the handle is at Proactive Eye Podcast. This has been your host, Elegant Granny. Thank you for your support and visit us again. And remember, healing is a continuous process, not a one-shot deal. Much love, peace, light, and healing vibes, family. Stay tuned for next week's episode as we discuss serving special populations affected by sexual violence.